1: We're talking Michael Pittman, Debo Samuel, and Mike Williams on Roto-Viz Radio.
2: What's up, Roto-Viz?
1: Welcome back to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners at RotoViz. We're going to be talking about a lot of wide receiver topics tonight. As I mentioned, we will be discussing Debo Samuel, among others, spending some time talking through Michael Pittman. And if time allows, Mike Williams. Curtis, you are back from uh, you know, another tour, if you will. On the other podcasts that are available in this space, how are you doing, my friend?
2: Doing good. It's good to see your lovely face again, man. Uh, I missed cutting it up uh, with the same frequency over the past couple weeks, but it feels good to be back in uh, in the regular chair on the regular show. And this this should be a fun episode, man. Um, You know, we're really trying to hone in on some of the the values of some of the more important players uh, potentially for the twenty twenty two fantasy season at the wide receiver position, but then also hone in on those dynasty values. And I think it's an opportunity to talk a little bit about our approach to dynasty rankings uh, and tiers uh, as a reminder yeah. of the importance of tiers and, and that kind of value system. And also the, just kind of the ever changing, you know, landscape that, you know, things can change, you know, week to week and and trade to trade and projection to projection. So uh, that'll all be great. I want to go ahead and start. I mean, I think you said Michael Pittman. I did. Yes. Was, was one of our guys. So let's hit, The FFPC stat attack on Michael Pittman Jr. for this episode. You know, Pittman Jr. has a strong sophomore campaign uh, for the Colts um, with his, you know, second quarterback in his many seasons. You know, he starts his career with Philip Rivers as a rookie, and then he gets Carson Wentz as a a second-year player, and then now he'll be on to Matt Ryan for his third season. So this is a much-talked-about player. Really seems to have, you know, gotten a lot of fans uh, in various places of, of the industry. But then there's also some people that maybe think he's already capped out on that ceiling. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes, Dave. But the FFPC stat attack for this episode is Michael Pittman finished as a wide receiver three or worse in 53% of his games in his wide receiver two campaign in 2021. So most people remember that he finished the season as PPR wide receiver 18. Many people have forgotten uh, that he scored fewer than 12 PPR in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games and just in, in 12.1 in another. Um, so, you know, basically replacement level production in that uh, rush heavy attack uh, that Jonathan Taylor, you know, figures to continue to dominate and did have a couple spike weeks, uh, most notably week eight against Tennessee with over 30 PPR. And did have uh, four other weeks with uh, between twenty and twenty one PPR. Um, so I think that's a good jumping off point. Um, you know, Dave, we'll have to see if we would be willing to target Michael Pittman in any of the FFPC fantasy games that we're playing this season. And I know in, in a, another episode this week we'll talk a little bit about our early round strategy as the podcast just joined one of the best ball tournament uh drafts. And we drew the one five. So that's going to be a really fun draft to follow. It's a six hour slow draft. It's just one of the ways that you can play the game over at my ffpc.com. $125 entry, big time prizes, $200,000 in a bigger than ever final week championship week. So we'll see if we can bring it back home for team Rotaviz Again, we finished one and two. Yep. Uh, Last year or so, you know, Dave and I would like to get our names attached to, to one of those trophies. So you can check it out as well. My FFPC.com.
1: All right. So let's get into a little bit more of today's content. The reason that we let off and are thinking about Michael Pittman is we have been getting questions about where we have him slated in our projections Um, reasons that we might be higher on him or lower than him. I think it's probably likely that we're lower on him than most of the sites out there. Obviously, it's an iterative process throughout the summer. We could see some movement. We have been pretty low on Pittman, but what we wanted to do here was take a step back and kind of throw away what we've said in the past, what we've thought, thought about him prior and just kind of do a little bit of an exploration right now and arrive on what feels like the appropriate way to value Pittman in Dynasty. Before we do that though, Curtis, as you mentioned, maybe you should kind of break down some of the approach that we have and and how we think about tiers.
2: Yeah. So just a reminder with that with the dynasty approach anyway to tiers, you know, you, you can pull up our dynasty rankings. You're going to see, you know, the traditional rank uh you know forced number Uh, in list form next to every player. You're going to see it for their overall rank. You can see it for the position rank and you'll see it by individual ranker. But what we'd like to draw your attention more to is the average tier. So that's the, you know, the average tier ranking uh, across each of our, our rankers. And we've got it right there face up on the site at the top of the dynasty rankings page and a tier one player, is the equivalent of three or more round future round one picks. Um, tier two is two round one picks. Tier three, one round one plus a round two. Tier four, round one. And then so on and so forth on down the line. You know, really that big that big tier break um, starts to occur between that tier four and tier five. Are you willing to give a random future first for a player? Like that? that's like, that's really important, especially this year, going into what should be a really strong 2023 class um, in and, and the next draft class that will enter, enter the league, especially, you know, kind of seeing a little bit of depth at, at all four of the positions, in particular, the value of what would that look like with the quarterback position and some stronger running backs than we saw in this year's class, a lot more balanced. So those picks are very attractive. Been talking about that. Uh, for those of you that play the Debbie game for the last year or two, And then, you know, I think the dynasty, uh, you know, the dynasty diehards have certainly looked to the 2023 class, um, you know, with a lot of lust um, after seeing, you know, basically only strength at wide receiver this season. So that's kind of an important jumping off point. Some of these tiers are pretty wide, you know, like tier four could have, you know, 30 or even 40 players in it. So, you know, I don't want people to get worked up if you see, all right, well, you've got this player you know, 30 spots below another player. Well, they're in the same tier. I mean, we kind of you know, value them the same, you know, it's, it's they're worth a future first. Um, you know, the order that the names are in is, is really less important. If you're trying to figure out, Hey, would Dave make this trade or Curtis make this trade? The, the tier is the most important thing. Um, you know, situational analysis can lead you, t- uh, to, to one player over the other. Dave's, uh, you know, bottom up approach to projections and what a player might do or is most likely to do within the context of their offense could, could lead you to rank a player a different way. Or for those players that are really early in their NFL career still, you know, perhaps some of their prospect profile still enters into the situation for you. That's, that's so much less important than just the value of the player. So, you know, I think that's just a, a helpful reminder. Um, You know, if if you are just outraged that Michael Pittman shows up in the rankings below Chris Olave or Terry McLaurin or, you know, pick out whatever name it is, you know, well, they're in the same tier for most of our rankers. So, you know, it just, it just depends on which which type of player you prefer, the stronger profile or the immediate opportunity of a role. Um, Dave, anything to add there before we talk about Pittman's 2022 outlook?
1: Just the same thing that I always say that I don't really like rankings. Um, And it's not just like, and I don't mean from the perspective of going Mm -hmm. through and doing the process. I don't like the idea of people just pulling up somebody else's list of players, looking at where they are in order and making decisions off of that. I think that there is so much context is lost, which is why we try to do something to combat that by having the tiers. And I also think that rankings exactly as you said, distract from the situational, Um, aspect that you're trying to fit those players into when you might be going back and looking at those rankings. Um, and finally you're forced to list players in a certain order, but really when you start actually working your way through it and you have 30 guys that are all like in the same section, the further you get down, the wider that, that band gets where you have players that are all very similar. And trying to break those ties gets very, very difficult, especially when you don't know the specifics of leagues that readers are going to be in, right? In this day and age, there's a ton of different roster formats that you could have that might Mm -hmm. impact some of those considerations. So we do the best that we can. All sites do, but the tier is really key. All right, end of diatribe.
2: Yeah, I think that's good. You know, I think if if we look at 2022, so Pittman's entering his third season, he's entering... Um, a situation where the team did not invest materially in the wide receiver position. So that's good. You know, a Michael Pittman fan, a uh, Michael uh, Pittman um, stand uh, would certainly say that, Hey, his role is going to be unchanged. Like, you know, this is a clear cut team alpha. Um, he was wide receiver 18 last year. You know, he was 14th in the in the NFL uh, amongst NFL wide receivers and in, in, in targets, you know, 15th in 16th in receiving yards. Um, you know, he wasn't terribly efficient on a per game basis, you know, despite that value, he was wide receiver four in and uh, fantasy efficiency in terms of uh, points over expectation per game. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I think it's fine. Like you know, he, he's unlikely to just see the bottom fall out this year because of lack of competition, your 26% team target market share. That's wide receiver 12. I think that stuff continues to be true, but yeah, low area yards per target low yak per reception. It's still going to be a team that lives and dies by what Jonathan Taylor does. Um, they didn't, they did invest also um, in, in some additional size uh, at the tight end position with Jelani woods. Um, you know, so I think that that's going to be interesting to see if, if he can um, you know, bust into that offense over the latter half of the year. So potentially um, you know, impacting the the team touchdown uh, market share that, that Pitman would have. So, you know, he's a high floor player, but, you know, the ceiling should, the ceiling was high, you know, last year, you know, explain to me why he wasn't, you know, top eight in targets or top 10 in targets because the team doesn't pass unless it has to, you know, I mean, with, with a, with a wide receiver one team target market share, and then only finishing as a fantasy wide receiver one in three weeks out of 17 games played. You know, the stars were already aligned for him last year. And with what Matt Ryan brings to the table at this point, I don't know that he's actually an upgrade over Carson Wentz, except perhaps in the the locker room. I mean, Wentz still is actually a pretty effective deep ball thrower, and that's just not where Pittman excels. Um, You know, Pittman excels in the short to intermediate areas of the field, uh, less than five. Yards, and you know, from five to fourteen yards. You know, we've got pass location grids in our NFL Stat Explorer that you know display that beautifully. So, I, you know, for for me, he's a, he's a a low end wide receiver two for twenty twenty two purposes that could easily be lapped by you know superior talents in in team. You know, perhaps even by team wide receiver twos in different situations with either better quarterbacks, more overall passing volume, or more overall offensive upside. Um, the, it's just a player that feels like his dynasty value could erode very quickly. Um, you know, a second year player that finishes as a wide re- receiver 18 would typically have more buzz um, than, than Pittman does, but he's still, you know, not universally adored for a lot of the reasons that, that I mentioned earlier. So, I mean, that, that's my take. It's not overly rosy. Um, hopefully, I didn't tick off too many of our listeners. I mean, Dave, do you feel differently uh, about Pittman?
0: We're driven by the search for better.
1: No, I don't. And I think I I can, I'll try to be quick here as I summarize kind of where I'm coming from. So the the first thing that I'm thinking about as I'm valuing a dynasty wide receiver is inherently what is that player? Because I think at the wide receiver position where you're looking to invest in that player for the longer term, um, or at least when you're valuing a player in the format that we're doing things here, right? You're looking at them Over a longer term, and I'm very careful to push guys up high in the tier that I would have them fall into based upon situation at the wide receiver position. Then when I actually focus on this situation, as you mentioned, I don't think that it is really the greatest situation. I think that Pittman's a good player. Uh, His profile and what we've seen in the NFL, I don't think positions him to always be the wide receiver one, even on his team. So I think if you look out a couple of years, it's possible that the Colts could bring, if they start shifting more towards that passing offense, which I think would be needed to really get that volume up there to the place where some listeners, some readers would want it to be, there's no guarantee that Pittman is either holding on to that 26% target share. That's a very high target share for a team's wide receiver one, even Um, 26% is is pretty high, man. Yeah. Right. So like holding on to that is going to be hard. Doesn't have the greatest quarterback situation running back. It's a team that's going to be driven by the running back. I think in the short term, they're going to be trying just to ride on the back of Jonathan Taylor to get them into the playoffs. And yeah, like I look at the projection that I have for him. And right now he's looking like in 2020 or excuse me, 2022 looks like he should be around wide receiver 20 wide receiver 18 somewhere in that range. The range of outcomes last year. Yep. Range of outcomes tool actually has him taking a step back this year, showing that, you know, as good as the first, you know, couple of runs for him in his career were, he still only gets to, you know, being like a wide receiver three in the projection going to the next year when you look at things entirely objectively. So I can understand the excitement about Pittman, but when I actually start looking at the evidence that's out there, it looks like a player that you have to be careful about overvaluing purely because you're looking at what looks like a large runway for a tremendous target share in the coming year.
2: Yeah. And I think the other tricky thing with the players that that we've got above him that that might be the ones that are are bugging people, you know, it doesn't feel bad to me to still have both Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson ahead of Michael Pick. Oh, they they're should both, be. They that, should be. I mean, they're un- it's unlikely that both of them will will actually be better fantasy assets in 2022 or mm-hmm. um even in dynasty over the next 2 to 3 years, but one of them will probably uh be much better. Mm-hmm. Um they both have better profiles and whichever one ends up hitting um I think because of that profile because of Ah, uh, what was invested in the draft, and because of the type of offense that that the Jets are going to deploy, would have you know the ability to maybe get into that DJ Moore, um, dynasty ranking, um, yep. level from like last year, you know, before people got you know ticked off that the team didn't upgrade at, at quarterback again, and you know, so you still saw you know high end wide receiver to very low end wide receiver one dynasty valuation for a player like Moore. Um, who doesn't have the trademark size, um, but had, you know, an opportunity to be, you know, efficient uh, as an individual and have a high, uh, an overall higher, you know, raw target volume um, than, a, than a player like Pittman does in that type of offense. So, I mean, that's just one example, you know, even, even DK Metcalf. I mean, does Pittman have the, the touchdown upside that Metcalf had shown? Metcalf is going to have a chance to maybe tra- change teams after, this season and get away from the the horrible QB situation in Seattle. I think it's fair to look at those guys. Similarly, McLaurin, you know, in, in Washington, he's a couple years older than Pittman. Uh, but you know, Wentz is a vast upgrade over what McLaurin has already been posting thousand yard seasons with, um, over the past couple of years. And, uh, you, you know, um, a much more, um, dynamic and explosive player overall. Um, if, if you ask me, you know, which, which of these two players is more likely to post a 1,400-yard receiving season, you know, some, something in the elite range. I mean, it's clearly McLaurin because of the type of receiver he is. So, I mean, those are just some examples. And then you even get into things like, okay, Pittman versus Rashad Bateman, you know, or Pittman versus, you know, what about Pittman versus Mike Evans? Is, you know, maybe two more years with Tom Brady and elite production in a, a Godwin injury year with no Antonio Brown, is that worth more than low-end wide receiver two? production from Pittman. I mean, those are like the types of things that, that, that dynasty managers are asking themselves, you know, when, when they do these rankings exercises, when you see a player like Pittman not ascend up the ranks. So that's everything that we're kind of bringing to the table. You know, again, Pittman's worth a random future first, like there's no problem there, but like to pay more than that for what he's shown us with the opportunity that he's had, it feels wrong. And so no, like we don't apologize for having him as a, low-end wide receiver two, you know, to to middling wide receiver three in our rankings. You know, we want you to win. That's where we're going to rank them.
1: Yes, yes. All right. Michael Pittman. uh, Boy, feels like we started off on a real negative note here. No, nah, man. No, I mean it's not just negative. I some feel tr- like been some truth. I feel like I, no, no, I feel like we're crushing some people's dreams out there for you know a player, but that's that's what You, have to you do already sometimes.
2: said he's high floor. He's high floor. It's okay. Not everyone's high ceiling. Some guys are just high floor. Like right. he's he's got a, he's got a good floor. All right, like so. Pittman.
1: The
2: floor is the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Pressing
1: along, we have an FFPC dynasty trade question. Um, side A. Debo Samuel, side B, Amari Cooper, Kadarius Tony, and the three eleven. Um, as the person that sent this question in comments, uh, you know, like if you're generally going off of our rankings, is the type of trade that would have side A being a huge winner. I uh, just kind of wanted to see, you know, what we thought and how we might break that down.
2: Yeah. So let's, let's just use the tier system that we've got. Um, Debo Samuel's got an average tier ranking of 2.3, you know, rounds closer to two. So that'd be a, you know, two random future ones would be the valuation, you know, Debo, um, we've got him ranked anywhere from 16 overall to 33 overall in, in the super flex, you know, rid of biz, uh, triflex, uh, formats. So anywhere from a mid second to uh mid third, basically, um, Pretty pretty tight across the three rankers with with current rankings, and then we've got what Amari Cooper and Kadarius Tony. So Amari, uh, let's see. Amari comes in with an average tier. I can see what's driving this now is yep. Blair Andrews' firm <laughs> hatred <laughs> hatred of Amari Cooper. I can see it because yep. you see all three of us laid out there. Um, <laughs> Uh, Blair's got Amari outside his top 150, Um, so that is certainly pulling the weight down. Um, if we want to use, you know, perhaps, uh, just my ranking, I'm the highest on Amari. So we'll give him, you know, the most value in the exercise, uh, have, have got him kind of right there at that tier four to tier five line, which is the difference between a future first or two future twos. And then Kadarius, Tony, uh, looking at him, he's got an average. Of, of tier five amongst Blair, Sean, and I. So that's a two future two. So you're, you're basically looking at a situation where it's two future random ones or like four future random twos. It's kind of the math there. And then there's a third in that, on that other side, right? Yep. So I mean, it comes down to, you know, what do you want? I mean, you want a couple couple dollars or do you want a handful of quarters? And, you know, I mean, Debo is unlikely to match what he did last year. I think that's that's, everyone would take the under, I think on what he did last year, you got the potential uh, quarterback change, probably less rushing volume and fewer rushing touchdowns. he will have to find a way to replace that as a receiver. Obviously the receiving opportunity is more viable anyway and will affect his durability less, but the touchdowns and that is problematic. And those are, those are big time plays. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't think that most of us expect Debo to be a top six receiver, you know, again in 2022 or maybe ever again. Um, but, you know, Amari, has a range of outcomes of having Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield, or Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball in 2022, in in a high uh, similarly in a in a high uh, a high volume rushing offense, in particular if Deshaun is not the starter there in Cleveland, and then Tony, I kind of talked about this um, over on Roto Underworld. Uh, if, if you want to check that show out, um, I, I appeared on on that podcast again yesterday. Like it feels kind of like either Kadarius Tony or Wandale Robinson could hit, but probably not both, um, at least in a big way. And so, you know, if Tony hits, he's going to be worth the future first for sure. You know, he did give us that 180 receiving yard game last year that was so exciting. And he also, uh, at times, um, maybe looked lost, but the team was also rolling out Mike Glennon um, for <laughs> for a handful of games last year. So they get, they get the new offensive coordinator. You know, let's just see what happens. Uh, he had a, a knee scope and some foot injuries this off season, um, the people try to play up, like, you know, he wasn't showing up to camp. So, I mean, he's a confusing, you know, really confusing evaluation right now, but you know, you still have to leave the light on for him. So, you know, it just kind of comes down to, you know, a bunch of, you know, three players with some question marks, the future three is not really worth anything in this Mm -hmm. trade. So yeah, I agree. I mean, you, you want Debo, he's going to hold his value better than any of these guys. Even if Amari comes out and hits 120 targets, you know, Crest a thousand yards barely, you know, maybe gives Michael Pittman type production in 2022. He's not gonna, you know, accrue any more dynasty value at this point. He's too old. And um, you know, the team also drafted David Bell, re-signed David Njoku, and is is still gonna feature that, you know, those 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 runners until Deshaun Watson's fully ready to take over. Um, so you basically would have to hope that Tony would become a Debo level talent for that side to win. Um, I don't know which side the listener slash reader was on. I, I, I hope that he was on the Debo side. Do we have the context? Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know for sure, but this is a, this is a sharp listener and somebody who's been with, you know, following the site for a very long time. So I'm pretty positive they would have been on side a, um, yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean, just to chime in here, the first note I'll say is I, um, do not have my rankings up right now. I'm trying to make the pass through and finish.